Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for for Corey and John. Thank you for the leadership that you've um, brought to this church and through these full-time pastors um, that you've brought to us. And pray your blessing on John this morning. I pray for safety for this, this trip over to Mongolia of safety as he's there. Um, your blessing on his, his time um, with, the, with the pastors and leaders of the churches there. Um, pray that there would be um, just a fruitfulness and a, and a real outpouring of your spirit upon the, the gathering there. Um, and that would be a real blessing to the, to the churches there and to continue to grow and expand the churches in Mongolia. Pray for Corey this morning. I pray that you would um, speak through him, that you would... Um, Open his lips to speak your word, um, speak to, to us by the Holy Spirit this morning, and help us to um, be hearers of your word and doers of it, that we would put this into practice, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Brian. Um, yeah, John is getting there tomorrow night, and uh, he has a day off, so he found a guy who's going to take him on a mountain biking expedition on Tuesday before he starts doing things. And I thought that's cool because he's excited. He said, it's my spiritual retreat when I'm there. <laughs> and to him, it really is. So <laughs> I think that's a place he meets the Lord. So I thought that was cool. Um, so when you think about it, pray that he uh, survives that mountain bike trip. I guess so. <clears throat> this morning, uh, we're continuing in our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and more specifically, John started off last week talking about uh, this idea of cross-shaped relationships. And he focused on the idea of um, turning the other cheek. What do we do when we're facing situations where we could retaliate or not? And, and we have these decisions to make. And so this morning we continue in that um, with probably one of the hardest things I've had to <laughs> preach on. Uh, and it's just been convicting and in a good way from the Lord. Um, and so I'm excited to share this morning. We're going to be in Matthew 7. Uh, verses 1 through 6. So if you want to turn there, you can. Um, and I just want to start off uh, with a story. And a couple years ago, Brooke and myself had the opportunity to go to India um, in partnership with one of our pastors, uh, pastor friends there, Francis Pittigue. It was an amazing trip. Um, but when we were there, I quickly discovered something that, to me, was seemed pretty crazy or like very different. Um, and it's that they eat with their hands there. And more specifically, the right hand. And so halfway through the trip, uh, we were at a pastor's house in um, the state next to where our original destination was. And this state is more uh, rural and farmlands and very much more authentic India, I should say, versus where we originally were. So we're at the pastor's house. They made us this amazing lunch. And we're eating it, and obviously you eat with your hands there, and I have no idea. You know, I'm trying to do it, and you got to use your fingertips, and it's a mess. It's all over my face. It's extremely spicy. So I'm just praying the whole time that the Lord would just, like, help me survive this meal. That was really good. And the whole time thinking, I have to eat everything. I can't not eat this because it's they made it for us, you know. And so as I'm eating and using my hands, I'm thinking, man, if I had a fork, this would be way better. <laughs> it would be way better. But I got to eat with my hands. That's what they do there. And so I made it through. I survived. And as I think about kind of that um, experience in, in my life and in, in this uh, text that we have this morning, um, the thing that stuck out to me most is that 
um, I was really only viewing it from my own perspective. Like, why do they even use their hands? What's the point of this, right? Why can't I just pick up a fork and use that? Why don't they use utensils or cutlery or or whatever it is? And um, after I kind of looked into it, one of the main reasons is because uh, to them it's a connection to God. And so when they use their fingertips and they and they use it to touch the food and feel it, they, there's this connection with God and food and, um, you know, whatever God that may be, if it's Hinduism or for Christians, maybe their view's different now. Um, but I didn't know that. I just thought, man, maybe they just didn't have forks, so they started eating with their hands. Maybe that's part of it. But the point here being that oftentimes we don't see the whole picture, or maybe we choose not to. And oftentimes we, we choose to view things from our own perspective or from our own life experience. And that's what I was doing. But Jesus is calling us to build our lives on him, on the way he views others, and especially in our relationships. So that's why this is so important to focus in on this cross-shaped relationship, and especially as we get into this text. So let me read this for us this morning, uh, Matthew 7, 1 through 6, um, and we'll get into what, what Jesus is talking about here. judge not that you be not judged for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye you hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now it's easy to read this text right off the bat and say, do not judge and leave it right there. Right? Maybe we've done that. Maybe you've heard other people say like, you can't judge me. You know, don't judge me. And, 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 you know, maybe there's some truth to that. But what we need to establish is that what is Jesus actually talking about? What kind of judging is he even describing in this, right? And so what Jesus isn't saying is that you shouldn't judge at all, okay? We make judgments every day. We make different decisions. I mean, thousands of decisions every day. I read something this week that said in a a day, people make like, you know, sorry, in a week, 30,000 like decisions, little decisions, judgments. I have no idea how like, you know, (laughs) real as, but it probably makes sense when you think about, right? So there's these little decisions, but we also make judgments. And and one of the reasons we can see why he's not saying don't ever judge is because he's just finished describing all these different things in the last chapter in five and in six about uh, what to do when uh, in your relationships with anger, with lust, with divorce, with retaliation, right? All these things require us to make judgments. And, and more specifically, moral ones, right versus wrong. But we think um, that any type of judgment is an attack on ourselves, even ones maybe found on truthful opinions. So we must make critical judgments every day in life, and we'll see in verse 6 why this is important, because what it desires of us is discernment, and that's the difference. This discernment is based off of God's truth, and that's the most important thing. When we're making judgments, especially moral ones, right and wrong, we're not making them based off of our truth or what we feel like as Christians. We believe in the Bible, and we've seen what God said about these certain things, right? We're to make judgments off of, but it's based off of God's truth. And that's really important for us to to have in our minds as we dig into this text. Because our truth on our own, if we go off of what we think, what we feel, 
we're sinful, and so one, it's flawed, <laughs> and it's not good. It's not helpful. Versus God's truth that is good, it's perfect, and it's holy. So in these first two verses, Jesus is referring to the type of judgments that are highly critical of others. When he says, do not judge lest you be judged, he's talking about an attitude of judgmentalism, right? We may have heard that, like, man, that person is so judgmental towards me. And these judgments look unfavorably on the character and actions of others, which lead to rash, unjust, and unloving judgments. And it's here that Jesus is causing us to look on the inside of ourselves, on our hearts, to evaluate our own standards of judging. This is why he says, with the measure you use, you will be measured, right? We all have this certain standard. I think everybody is different. So right off the bat, Jesus is asking, like, what's your standard? It causes us to look in the mirror, right, so to speak. What are the things we project onto people that we want them to be like, that they never will be? Maybe it's things we project onto them that are our own faults, which is pretty much most of the time. (laughs) Our own failures or faults are the things in us that we just choose not to um, think about or really like give to the Lord. We project those onto other people, and those are judgments. Those are criticisms, and that's what Jesus is saying. Don't judge unless you want to be judged the way you judge other people, right? Because the danger when we choose to judge others we put ourselves in the, on the throne where God belongs. When we choose to judge other people and, and project what we desire of them onto them, we're making ourselves to be God, and that is a dangerous game because we were never designed for that, right? Now God's going to judge you as if you were him. And, and as I read this text and, and I'm beginning as, and, and I'm like praying this week, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I said to sit and repent because I'm like, God, I do that. I have a judgmental attitude, and it comes out in certain ways or certain things, but I'm more fearful of God and his holiness uh, than my own things that I want other people to be like, if that makes sense. We should be more aware of God's holiness and have a healthy fear of God to, to avoid trying to take that throne from him. It doesn't belong to us, but we're fighting against that. So the danger here is that the person who is judgmental is taking the place of God as judge. And when we are judgmental towards others, we're saying we know what's right when in reality only God does. And we'll be judged by that standard. So my question for us, and, and as so I hit it with, think about this as we're going through, is do we really want to be judged according to our standard? Who could actually live up to what we expect of them, Right? Like, God has expectations for us. He doesn't expect us to live up to every single one. We can't because we're sinful, right? We're flawed. And so that's why we have Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's why we have him as a righteousness and in, in, in the place of our sin. Otherwise, we wouldn't stand a chance (laughs) to have a relationship with the Lord. But because of Jesus, we now have, um, Somebody who's taken the place of maybe the, the, the sin and the things we project on the others and the standards. He's taken the place of that, and so we rest in him alone. So what is your standard? What does it look like? And, and Jesus helps us see this um, next with an example. 
which is really good and really funny. It's meant to be an exaggeration. So I have a picture, Adam, if you want to throw that up, um, a little cartoon. And, and Jesus is saying here, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own, right? So it's exaggerated, but this is what it looks like. You got one guy on the left, dude, I think I got something in my eye, right? We've all got something in our eye. And the other guy with this massive log, or I guess it's a log, or a sub sandwich, I don't know. Hey, don't worry, I'll help get it out, right? But where's the, it doesn't make sense, something doesn't match up, right? How how are you going to help somebody when you have a log in your eye, which you probably can't even see the speck in that person's eye to begin with because of that? But here's the thing, we find the littlest things in other people, and we overlook the massive faults in our own lives. And that's what Jesus is saying here. We, for some reason, we choose to like look at somebody, even when we have this huge log in our eye, we choose to look at somebody's speck, their fault, whatever that may be. Maybe you don't like the way they, they talk to this person or act, or maybe they're not you know as, as happy, or they, this is their vice, right? Maybe they struggle with this sin and, and this thing, and, you're, and you don't do that. You don't even uh, deal with that. And so it's easy to just look at that person and be like, man, that is, a, that is a huge speck in your eye, but it's a tiny speck. When you have this huge log in your eye because of this other reason, this other sin that you're dealing with. And this week, um, one, of, one of the ways this really like got kind of put to the forefront of my mind was Brooke one night was watching, it happened many times because I was thinking about it, but Brooke was watching this video on um, her phone and there's this girl who, I think she does like makeup tutorial things or something like that, and, and she started to like, she was just singing a song and she's playing it. And I was listening to it, I'm like, oof, yeah. And she goes, oh, this girl graduated from Berkeley Music College. And my gut reaction was, there's no way this girl graduated from Berkeley Music College. But like, that was my reaction. And in that moment, I thought, oh my gosh, I just judged her. And Brooke started laughing. I'm like, man, but that's one of the areas where I just find myself like struggling, being judgmental. And there's maybe a whole bunch of reasons why, right? Maybe it's like, I want myself to appear better than that person which is mostly the reason. <laughs> so I'm putting them down and, and making myself feel higher, right? Put at a higher position than that person. This girl is just singing a song and I'm letting her have it, right? This is what Jesus is, is preaching against here. This is what he's speaking against when he's saying, man, you have a huge log and that person has a speck. We project these things on to others. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? And maybe there's something you're thinking now, maybe recently, maybe this morning, you know, maybe when everybody is coming together, there's somebody in the church and you just like, you were judgmental towards them, right? Why do we do this? The reality is that we're all messed up and we're all in need of God's grace. But in doing this and being judgmental, we're saying that others need more grace than us. That we're all good and this person isn't. And this is a heart issue. Jesus is challenging us at our core. And the truth is that in order to move past this, we need to humble ourselves and repent to God. Because any heart issue that we have, any sin we deal with, anything that God is pointing out to us or convicting, being judgmental and and whatever that looks like, it's cause for repentance. I think we underestimate that in our Christian lives, but also where Jesus is pointing at is is a really deep thing in us because it involves us taking the place of God, like I was talking about earlier. It involves these really like deep 
um, spiritual things that we were never meant to become or hold on to. And so the, the, the way forward in that is turning to God and naming whatever it is. For me, I repented. Lord, I, tear, I tore this girl apart. This Berkeley girl. You know, I don't know her name. But I tore her apart, Lord. And that wasn't my place to do. You know, I don't know her. I don't even know her. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know this girl, right? God, I repent of that, of that judgmental attitude towards this, towards this girl. It, it's a cause for repentance because we need God's grace. We need it more than any other person, right, you can think of. We need it more than the next person, the person to your left, or the person to your right you're sitting next to now. We need God's grace. And when we repent, God gives us grace and mercy, right? That's what's amazing. He gives us grace to keep walking with him. He doesn't sit there and, and judge his back and say, nope, I give up on you. He doesn't. God loves us and cares for us. We repent. We receive his mercy and grace, and we're able to keep walking with him. And that's an amazing thing. Like, that is a thing to celebrate, that we're able to come before the Lord like that through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> And the, and, um, when we think about God's grace, when we repent, we receive His grace, there's a difference in the way we live when we move forward than how we were before that. And it's this, it's that there's real life that flows from God's mercy. God's mercy is a river of living water, and where God's grace is, there's life. So why shouldn't we chase after that, right? Why do we abuse it? Why do we throw it by the side? Why do we cast out on other people and say, man, that person needs more grace than I do? We don't say it that way. We judge, we're judgmental towards people and you're saying it, whether you're speaking it with words or not. It's your actions. But we need to come to a place where, Lord, man, I am convicted by this. We acknowledge it and we repent and receive his grace and mercy. God's correction is his mercy. Like oftentimes we think of it as a bad thing, right? Correction and, and having to change ourselves and who we are. But the thing is God's mercy and when he touches us in this way to, to move us from this place to the next, when he provides life, there's grace and there's correction there. It's his mercy. Have you ever felt his conviction in this way? And in order to walk in God's grace, in order to move forward in this, we have to walk in humility. And that's the difference. When we think about judgmentalism, the opposite is humility. If we have humility on this side, judgmentalism over here, God is always pushing us this way, right? It's, it's, it's seen through the Bible and in Jesus' life. Um, but once we've experienced the mercy of God, we want others to experience the same thing. And that's the difference. Now we're not selfish. We're not being judgmental over here. We're now pushing ourselves towards humility. And in doing that, we want others to experience God's grace. We want others to experience his mercy the way we have. God is judge, and we're not to be, have a judgmental attitude. It's the complete opposite of what Jesus desires in our relationships with one another. It leads to us believing we're better than others. It leads to us um, thinking uh, that they're worthless and what do we gain in thinking this way? Because it only pleases our flesh, but it grieves the Holy Spirit. 
We're pleasing our flesh. We're choosing ourselves over other people. And this is the opposite of what Jesus did because we see in Philippians 2 a prime example of how Jesus put himself before others. If you want to turn there, you, you can. I'm going to read these verses um, for us. <clears throat> Starting in verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross and here we see a beautiful picture of god humbling himself right like we're to do it and and we're doing it in little ways uh where we repent we receive god's mercy we humble ourselves so that we're not feeling like we're better than others we put others before ourselves and that's what paul is saying he's speaking to this issue do nothing of self-conceit or your own ambition right count others higher than yourselves jesus did it to the point of death on a cross like the, the 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 farthest extreme you can think of and because of that death because he humbled himself there we now are able to be humble in the first place and to have a relationship with God. See, the, the text here, when Jesus is talking about not judging all these things, we can't miss because in our relationships, it's easy to focus on like the idea of just bettering ourselves, right? Like, I just need to be a better person, so I'm going to not judge and I'm going to do these things. But more importantly, we need to be better followers of Jesus, and that's the most important part here. Jesus is at the center of his own preaching when he's talking about not judging and, and not taking, you know, the speck out of your friend's eye when you have this log, all these things. We need to remember that Jesus is in the middle of all of it. And it's because of what he did when he showed humility on the cross. It's because of that that we're able to even receive God's grace. We must choose to walk in humility and look at others as better than ourselves. And this leads to life because we're walking in the grace of God. It leads to life. It leads to wisdom. And so I wrote these three things down that this week I was just praying about with this. Things that I feel like I'm going to do now that hopefully will help me. Um, and it's this. It's ask the Lord to help you see his presence in other people. What I mean by that is help Ask the Lord, His Spirit, to, to convict you and help you see God's image in other people because every single person on this earth, no matter who they are, if they're a Christian or not, if they're like the worst person you can think of or, or whatever it is, like they were made in the image of God and that's the fact. God created each of us to be like Him. Though we're not like Him now, we, we, we travel through this world and hopefully towards Jesus becoming more and more like Him. But asking God to help us see this in other people humbles ourselves immediately because we're putting others before us, right? We're choosing to look at others and see who they really are. And it humbles ourselves. So we ask the Lord, help us to see the pre your presence, your image in other people. God, help us. <clears throat> uh, ask him to help you honor those people above yourselves, right? What does it look like to put others before yourselves? What does it look like to do what Paul said? Nothing of selfish ambition, but... But in everything, like care for one another, love one another, 
Because it goes back to this idea of cross-shaped relationships, right? Because what Jesus did on the cross, we can walk in these things. And then the third thing is asking for compassion towards people, especially those you would normally judge. Maybe there's people in your lives, friends, family, coworkers, um, neighbors, whatever that looks like, that you, you judge. You make judgmental statements or things towards them. A neighbor who you're like, ah, oh, he does this thing and it irks me and I just can't stand this person, right? And when you find yourself going that path, take a minute and breathe and repent, but then receive the mercy of God and then think, man, I don't know what this person is going through. I don't know what's going on in their lives, but I'm going to choose to have compassion on them versus to keep compassion to myself and be selfish. Look towards the Lord in these ways. And I think it'll help us be less judgmental because these are the things that Jesus did. It's just helping us become more like Jesus. And in this world we live today, I can't, I can't think of a, a, a thing that's worse than like a critical spirit. We're really good at that. Everybody around the world, right? But like politics. <laughs> How bad is that, right? We have people just all around the spectrum in our own church. But the point isn't like criticism in, in these things, right? Because there's also in schools and work and family, the things I either said, there's this idea of like this critical spirit, judgmental attitude. But for us in this church, if you follow Christ, like a follower of Christ, is filled with compassion, not criticism. And that's like the, the one of the most important things when we think about this is we're to be filled with compassion, not criticism. When we find ourselves, maybe maybe you're you're in a situation where you're being judgmental, maybe just today <laughs> you take a minute to pray and ask the Lord to help you, God, fill me with compassion, not criticism. <clears throat> compassion leads to life and criticism leads to death. It leads us away from the Lord, and it pulls us closer to uh, our sin and dwelling on ourselves, and, and, and it doesn't help our relationships. It doesn't help us grow as a body together in Christ Jesus. So Jesus talks about not being judgmental, right? We, we focused on this whole part. And verse 6 is, is one of the verses that's easy to kind of skim over, but it's important because it goes back to the idea of talking about discernment. I want to read this verse again for us. This is um, Matthew 7, verse 6. He says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. I had to read this so many times and pray through it before I was like, I get it, you know? Because when you first read it, it's like, man, what is going on here? And in our relationships, we make judgments and help one another out. But at the same time, Jesus tells us how this doesn't mean we should be discerning and guarded in certain relationships, okay? Before I zoom in further on this, I want to talk a little bit back through verse 5 because the speck in the log is important for going from there to here. Because once we focus on our own log, once we're grieved by our own sin, we then humble ourselves. We can remove that log like in that picture. Imagine dude just like pulling this log out, right? We've humbled ourselves. We've repented of our sin. We move that out. Then we can see clearly and help our, our brother and sister. Then we can help them with the speck because we have compassion. We're filled with that, right? Not criticism. We've received his mercy and grace, and now we can extend that to our neighbor, right? And we can help them. We can, we can make judgments for them and help them, right? But then there's a difference when, when we're talking about 
other people who maybe aren't Christians were talking about dogs and pigs, right? In Jewish culture, the, the reason Jesus is using this because they're kind of extreme examples. Like dogs in Jewish culture were not pets, right? People have pets now. We have dogs and, and, and things like that. Dogs aren't pets. They're crazy, wild animals running around and scavenging. Um, when I was in India, like there's dogs everywhere. And I, I was surprised by that. I'm like, shouldn't they be in somebody's house? And they weren't. They're just sleeping in the middle of an intersection, <laughs> like 10 of them. <laughs> but dogs in this culture, right? They're crazy. They're wild. Pigs in a similar way, they don't know. They're kind of, you know, confused or wild. They run in herds and they trample over everything without even thinking about what they're doing. And what they're doing is they're trampling over pearls. And in the Gospel of Matthew, pearls represents the kingdom of God. And he says dogs will attack what is holy, what is sacred, right? To us, that's um, Jesus. That, that's our relationship with him. It's the gospel. So discernment is needed in these type of relationships, a disciple must use discernment in whom to share their wisdom with. Things the Lord has uh, imposed on them through his word and these things. And in doing this, we can wisely discern the character of a person and not continue sharing maybe with those who would reject it. And what more so what I want to get at is not like, uh, it's not an excuse for us never to share the gospel. That's not the point of it. We're supposed to do that. But it's to help us see those we can best minister to and have compassion with. Because there's some people in our lives who um, they don't want to hear what you have to say. And Jesus isn't saying, keep with it, stick with it, because it's going to get worse, and they're going to trample over you like a pig, or they're going to attack you, right? And and so there's this idea of listening to the Spirit in our relationships and, and with Jesus, so that we're able to walk in the Spirit to know who we're supposed to minister to. Because it's not people aren't projects, like they have hearts and souls, right? They're not projects. We're supposed to love these people. And we need to, to listen to the Spirit to know who to uh, talk to. We need discernment, right? We need to make these types of judgments. And that's what Jesus is saying. We need to care more for the person's heart than we do, like, focusing on the little things in them. Focusing on whether or not, you know, they're crazy or, or they're going to listen or reject it. Reject it. <clears throat> so the gospel is to be shared with everyone, but not without lack of judgment on the disciples' part. This is not so we can condemn, but we can minister to them. And one of the most beautiful things in this is the way Jesus did did this. Because um, he dealt with individuals according to their needs and their spiritual condition, and he saw them as they are. Like when we remove the log out of our own eye, when we've done our business with the Lord and come before him, and we can see clearly now, we see people as they are, not as we want them to be. Right? We see people as who God made them. We see them as, as, as somebody loved by God versus maybe somebody who we would normally stay away from. Jesus talks with Nicodemus about new birth. In, in, in the Gospel of John, he has an encounter with this guy, Nicodemus, who's um, a, a teacher, and he comes to him in secret, and they, they have this discussion about new life and new birth and, and what that looks like. Jesus also meets this woman at a well and talks to her about living water. He has these different conversations with these different people. And, and the point I'm getting at here is that he didn't have this memorized speech like when he talked to people. He knew their heart and he had, he had he'd been praying for them and, and, and looking at them as a person as, as who they are right now and meeting those needs. 
Nicodemus needed to be talked about new life, right? The woman at the well needed to hear about living water and these things. Maybe they've been told these other things their whole lives, these opposite things. But God, uh, Jesus prayed and, and he sought the Lord for wisdom. And so he, he knew what that person needed at that time, right? We need to walk in this example of Jesus. We need to walk in love and grace for all people, no matter who they are. We need to be attentive to the Spirit so we can discern and make good judgments about those relationships so we can make the, tr- the, the gospel known to, to people. But we don't do that without truth and grace. Jesus walked in, in these relationships with, with the woman at the well and, and Nicodemus and these other people. He walked with the truth and grace in his relationships, right? <clears throat> he knew the woman at the well uh, was, was living with a man who wasn't her husband. But before that, he, he gets, he talks to her about, uh, the living water and these things, and he kind of get, he gets to that issue and addresses it, and, um, he meets her with truth and love and compassion. He doesn't judge her, like, make a judgmental, um, statement and come down on her and condemn her. He loves her, but he brings truth and grace into the situation. And that's extremely important for us to walk in. So as I kind of wrap, uh, wrap up, and, and, and there's kind of a lot of overarching things and what Jesus is talking about, I think we're filled with compassion, not criticism, right? We don't judge people because, one, we don't want to face God one day, and he, he says, hey, you judge people in this way, so that's how I'm going to judge you now. We're met with our own standards, our own expectations, our, the own way we measure people, and we'll never live up to that, ever. So we need to just let that go. <laughs> we need to just release that to the Lord. And this week, like, I, I should have counted how many times that I was just so aware of me, you know, being this judgmental or that. And I don't think of myself, like, that's the thing. I'm like, I don't go around, I'm like, I'm super judgmental. Like, I feel like I'm not. That was the hard part. Like, I feel like I'm not, but maybe we all feel that way, <laughs> Right? Like, I felt like I'm not, but I just saw these little things, and so the Lord just convicted me this whole week. And so I stand before you today as somebody who, like, I'm still struggling with this, but I feel like now I I get what the Lord's saying, and I'm choosing to walk in compassion. I'm going to choose to repent of these things when they come up, because I realize that this is something I've never even given to the Lord before. And I've been a Christian for a long time, and I'm a pastor at this church, you know. Not saying pastors aren't better than anybody, you know. It's But, like, I have not given this to the Lord. And so this is the beginning of a, a walking in repentance in this area for me. I'm not, I'm not, like, preaching this as if I'm like, I'm there, guys, and, and look at me. Like, I'm not there. And I'm so grateful that Jesus has mercy and grace for that. Um, because without him, without the hope I have in Jesus, I don't know where I would be. <laughs> I don't know what I, my life would look like, but I just thank God every day that, um, he, he, he showed me mercy and grace, uh, when I was at my worst. And so, um, this morning, let me just pray for us. And there's a lot in here. Maybe there's just things that you need, um, just time to pray through. And so as we move into communion, um, do that. Like, don't take communion unless you feel like you need to repent to the Lord. Um, maybe there's somebody here you've been judgmental towards, you know, in the church or, or somewhere else, right? Like, think about those people. Don't leave here and just leave this behind. Think about those people 
it may be seek forgiveness, like, but also don't forget to repent and look to the Lord first. So, God, this morning, um, Lord, we, we just are just so, uh, <clears throat> aware that we are in need of your mercy and grace, God. Father, I, I've been so aware that I just need so much more of you each and every day, God. Um, that, Lord, I need you every moment of every day. God, I, um, Lord, I do repent of just my judgmental attitude, Father, and, and God, I, I pray that we as a church would be able to um, repent and move forward in this, God, so that we can experience real life through your grace, God, that we can experience real living, God, through Jesus Christ. God, that we as a church can move forward together so we can be a better witness of Jesus Christ to the world, Father. We harm our, our witness, we harm our ministry to others when we're judgmental, God, because that's something you preached against, Father. So I pray that we would acknowledge our sin to you, God, in this. I pray that um, maybe we're like, I'm not even sure if I deal with this, so we can, we then take time to pray and ask the Lord, reveal it to me, God, convict me in this area, Father. And if maybe you've removed the log from your eye, God, I pray that for those people, you would give them just compassion to love the person who has a speck or has a fault that maybe they struggled with and they're able to love that person in this way. Or maybe it's something unrelated, Lord. But I pray in all this, we don't miss the gospel, Lord, that we don't miss the reason behind it all, who is Jesus Christ, Father. I pray we don't uh, miss the things that you're doing in other people's lives because we are choosing to be selfish, God. So I just pray for humility, Lord. I pray um, that we would be like Jesus in, in his humility um, to the point of death on a cross, Lord. And we just turn to you this morning, God, and we're just grateful for you, Lord. Um, and we just pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.